Hey everyone, today I'm going to be giving my thoughts on episode 5 of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Since this episode was such a big one and a lot went on, I'm going to be kind of going scene by scene. Uh, This is not like a breakdown. There's other videos and other people do better ones than I can, but I'm just going to go through scene by scene and give you my thoughts and what I like and maybe, maybe what I didn't like. Um, Chris is not here with me right now because our schedules have been busy, so we haven't had time, but hopefully we can get together and talk about the finale and do a review for the whole season. Um, Let's get started. So the episode starts with John Walker kind of running in the aftermath of him killing the Flag Smasher. He's running to this empty kind of, I believe it was a warehouse or a, um, a factory or something. And you see him struggling with like the PTSD he's um. He's hearing Lamar's voice and he he's almost delusional in that he thinks he's trying to justify what he did. And he believes that almost that we'll see later in the episode, he is trying to convince himself that he killed the murder of Lamar when he really killed someone else. Um, I love this scene. I love seeing Walker's PTSD. I think his the character is such a layered and complex character that you hate, but also isn't just pure evil and is struggling with things. And I think it makes her an amazing antagonist. So then we see Sam and Bucky walk up and there's this amazing fight scene where Sam and Bucky try to take this shield from Walker and Walker. He's all, he's so delusional. He's like, I am captain America. He, he really thinks he is captain America and that they are just trying to take it with him. It is almost, it's like, he's to the point of delusion. And this fight scene, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was extremely well choreographed. I liked how Sam did get beat up because it's unrealistic for him to be fighting with two super soldiers and and really beat them both. But he was getting beat up, but he had some cool some cool like fight moves, some flips. I liked how he used the wings in creative ways. I think it's cool how they're building up his, this fighting style of using the wings and using the jetpack in creative ways with different flips and stuff. He wouldn't be able to do without that technology. And then Bucky too was cool beating up. Um, walker and then that fight scene was awesome there was also this awesome moment where walker was above sam and he was holding up the shield about to slam it down on sam and murder sam walker was that worked up and he goes for it but then sam moves his head and and sam doesn't get murdered but um but walker went for his head and this really mirrors the scene in civil war where steve is above tony and steve has the same move the opportunity to murder tony and steve's Looks like he's about to do it, but he really just hits Tony's arc reactor in his chest to power Tony down so that nobody else can get hurt. And that just really illustrates the difference between Steve and John, where Steve is about helping others and making sure the least amount of people get hurt. And John is just trying to literally murder Sam. They take the shield and then Bucky gives it to Sam in sort of a way that seems like kind of an I told you so, like. You should have just taken this in the first place. Um, None of this would have happened if you hadn't given up the shield. And you can see that. And I love how you can obviously see that in Bucky's face. And you can, you know, the motivations of both Sam and Bucky in that you see why they did what they did and where they're coming from. So then we see Sam kind of talking with with Joaquin. Joaquin's telling them that, um, that the government has stepped in, kind of taken over and, the scene that really stood out with me is Sam is leaving and 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 Joaquin goes, um, what about your wings? And Sam says, keep them. And if you don't know, Joaquin in the comics becomes a falcon, becomes the falcon. So the fact that Sam said keep them 
it can either be just kind of a hint, kind of an Easter egg, kind of a wink to the people who know that from the comics. Or I could see, like this really convinced me, I could see Joaquin using those wings and fixing those wings and becoming the new Falcon, which I think would be awesome. So then we cut to Walker's trial. And not really a trial, but the government is telling him that he's going to be relieved from his title. And he's delusional. He thinks he's right. He's telling them um, that they're being crazy. They shouldn't be doing this to him. He's upset. And he's almost right in the way that he's like, I followed your every order. You made me who I am. And I thought that was just such such a complex and great line. How the government is turning their back on him because of the optics, not, not because they're just trying to do the right thing, which was super interesting. And then Walker goes and he's talking to his wife, who seems to be sort of like Lamar was kind of his moral compass and trying to talk some sense into him. And then we get the cameo. Julia Lewis-Dreyfus walks up and says her name, which I believe was Contessa Valentina de Fontaine or something like that. And if you don't know from the comics, she has been multiple. There's been so many iterations of the character, including but not limited to a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who was a love interest for Nick Fury Sort of an Italian Batman type thing, I've heard. Um, what else? Also, she was a scroll and a big part of Secret Invasion. She's also been a Russian spy who trained in the same program as Black Widow and was working for Leviathan, which is a Soviet organization similar to Hydra, which actually was in the Agent Carter TV show. She's also been the leader of Hydra, as Madame Hydra was the title. And she's also been... A- Involved with Madripoor, she's been a leader of a female assassin group, um, which was led by Sharon Carter, actually. So she has all these connections and has been many different characters. My theory right now is that she's going to act as a sort of Nick Fury, which assembles the Thunderbolts. So the Thunderbolts are a team of reformed villains who become heroes, actually, for the government. And they act as a sort of Avengers until it's revealed that they actually were the masters of evil and a villain group in disguise, and they were evil the whole time. So the Thunderbolts consist of so many characters that have been introduced in the MCU, and they could be... What I'm predicting is that this character is going to be sort of the Nick Fury of the Thunderbolts who assembles them with Zemo, with John Walker, with... There's plenty of other characters that could be a part of the group, um, which would be awesome. And this makes even more sense given the fact that this character was supposed to appear in Black Widow first and be introduced in Black Widow and then been in Falcon and Winter Soldier after. So I really think Marvel is slowly building their way up to the Thunderbolts, which would be awesome. So then we see Carly, and we see kind of her switch from she's frustrated that the refugees were all taken away, and she's gotten to the point where she's ready for violence. She wants to get her point across. Nothing's working. So she's ready for more violence. I liked this scene, but it did feel as though there was something missing. There was a whole storyline, which apparently was reworked and cut out due due to the pandemic. So I think this makes sense. And I think Carly's motivation makes sense. And I like that. I just feel as though one more scene or something else, the switch kind of feels a little bit disjointed, but I still really like it. So then you get the scene with Bucky and Zemo. And this scene was awesome. Zemo's in Zakovia looking at the, the memorial. And Bucky walks up and is about to shoot him. 
but then decides not to. And this is some real character growth because Bucky this whole time has been almost from a place of selfishness for himself because he feels the guilt, um, harming people that he's helped in the past. And he decides this time that he shouldn't get his revenge and he should hand Zemo over to the Wakandans, to the Dormelage, who take him to the raft. And the raft is the prison from Civil War, which is run by General Ross, who in the comics is a big part of the Thunderbolts. So I think they're very clearly setting up Zemo to be a part of the Thunderbolts. And I could see the post credit scene in the finale being um, Fontaine, whatever her name was, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, Val, whatever, Val, um, and General Ross assembling John Walker and Zemo to, to start the Thunderbolts. So then Sam goes and visits Isaiah. And this was an amazing scene. The subtlety in the scene and the way it was written, the way Sam is talking to Isaiah about the racism and Isaiah is bitter and Sam sympathizes with that and understands why because of the horrible things that happened to Isaiah. We learned about his backstory, but Sam also disagrees. He thinks he's not as bitter. He's not as cynical. He really does want to be Captain America, but he's struggling with whether or not he should be. And then you have that line with Isaiah which is um, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be Captain America or something like that. And that was just a very powerful and amazing line. So this whole scene was amazing. The way they're talking about and addressing the themes of the show and this episode kind of dealing with those, I think the show has been amazing with its themes and thematic stuff. So then Sam goes back home and we get the him and all his neighbors kind of fixing their boat, which is just kind of a cool scene, um, kind of taking it slow. And then Bucky comes up with these, with this case of, of with this case from Wakanda. And we'll talk about what's in that case later and gives it to Sam. And we get to see Sam and Bucky really bonding in a way that you can feel the relationship transforming from the more, they didn't like each other, the buddy cop to more real friends. And they really care about each other and are, helping each other out. So then we see Walker, who's really delusional. He's with Lamar's parents, and he's lying to them and telling them that he killed Lamar's killer, which which may be a good thing, trying to give them closure. And I see he's well-intentioned, but also it seems like he's trying to convince himself just as much as he's trying to convince them. So this scene was great, adding more context and keeping John Walker as a complex character. And then we hear Sharon Carter on the phone, clearly hinting that she's the power broker, saying, um, I'll pay you double this time to who I assume and I think is pretty much confirmed is Batrock, who was the mercenary from episode one of the show and who was in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So I, I do believe Sharon Carter is the power broker, and I hope we get to have that confirmed or get to see where that goes next episode. So then we see Bucky and Sam working more on the boat. And then we get the scene where Sam and Bucky are tossing the shield and practicing with the shield. And Sam's still unsure. He's practicing, but he hasn't yet accepted that he wants to be Captain America yet. And then Bucky does this scene was amazing. Bucky apologizes to Sam and says, I'm sorry. I don't think, I don't think him or I understood what it would be like giving a black man that shield talking about him and Captain America, both white men discussing 
beforehand that Cap was going to give Sam the shield. And Bucky apologizing for being upset with Sam and really pressuring him to take the shield was such a great moment, such a great character moment. And this is the scene where you really feel, okay, these guys, these guys are really friends now and they're close now. They're not just, they're not just like, they're not just like friends of friends. So then we also have this great scene where Sam gives Bucky advice, tough love, he says. And he says, you need to stop doing what you're doing, which is hurting the people you helped before because it's coming from a place of guilt and it's coming from a place where it's almost selfish. You're trying to make yourself feel better. What you need to do is go to the people you hurt and you need to give them clarity and you need to help them in any way you can to make them feel better. And that in turn, making other people feel better in any way you can will make you feel better. And then with that advice, Bucky leaves. And this is such a great scene. That character moment for Bucky was amazing. So then we see Sam about to paint the boat and Sarah comes and they decide not to, which is a kind of a cool moment. And Sarah tells Sam, you're fighting the fight out there and you're fighting the fight over here with us, which is a great moment, kind of mirroring the the two different battles Sam has sort of taken on. And then we get Sam saying, um, saying, I get where Isaiah is coming from and he has every right to feel that way. I would probably feel that way in that position. And this is Sam just sympathizing with more people in the way that he did in the last episode, which proves that he's worthy to be Captain America. So basically we have Sam saying, sympathizing with Isaiah and saying, if I was in his shoes, I would feel the exact same way. But what would be the point of all the pain and sacrifice if I wouldn't stand up and keep fighting? And Sam decides he's going to be Captain America and he's going to stand up for himself and he's going to stand up for all the people around him and really become Captain America. And then we go right into this amazing training montage, which was just really fun to watch, to see Sam struggling with the shield, running, doing push-ups, all this stuff, um, to the point where at the end he's doing these flips and he's really handling the shield well. And then we have Batrock joining the Flag Smashers, showing that Carly really is serious and she's willing to work with criminals. Um, and then we have Joaquin updating Sam, telling him that the Flag Smashers are in New York. We have the Flag Smashers taking over the GRC, shutting it down, kind of setting the stage for what will be the big battle, I'm sure, in the next episode. And then we have Sam opening the Wakandan case and then the episode ends and we don't know what's inside. My theory, which I'm sure is true, it's going to be Sam's new suit, his blue and white and red Captain America suit with new vibranium wings and and he'll use that with Captain America's shield. And I think if that is the case and if I'm right, that will be awesome. And then we have a post credit scene, which is Walker even more delusional. He still thinks he's Captain America, basically building his own shield out of steel, ma- making his own shield. And it's it, there's going to be some big confrontation in the next episode, I'm sure. So overall, as you can tell, I love this episode. I thought this was perfect in delivering the ending, satisfying endings to the character arcs, to the thematic parts of the show. And I think this kind of kind of is an ending to a lot of the themes and to a lot of the character development. So that next episode can really be the big battles and the conclusion to the, the more superhero stuff. Um, I thought the fight scene was awesome. I'm really interested to know what's going on with Sharon and with Val, with Val and um and with Walker how I'm not sure how they're going to wrap things up but 
I'm really excited to see. This episode is definitely a 5 out of 5 for me, and I'm very excited for the finale, which I guess by the time I release this, it'll be tonight, 12 o'clock tonight, which is pretty awesome. So let me know what you thought. What are your predictions for the finale? You can comment, leave a voicemail, or leave an email. All the ways to do that are in the description. There's also a link in the description to submit a topic or question for me and Chris to address on our next episode together. Um, Please feel free to fill that out. Thank you for listening and have a good day.